0: It's midweek. That means it's time to catch up with BYU team captain Clark Barrington, where you react to the season finale against Stanford. What do you need to take away from the win? As the Cougars improved to seven and five, and also let's look ahead a little bit to bowl season and the end of the official season. We'll get to all of that on today's show. You are locked on Cougars, your daily podcast on the BYU Cougars, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Let's go. What's up everybody, I'm Jake Hatch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. Thank you for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day. We're very proud to be part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where of course the motto is your team every day, and as such, this is your only daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars. Title sponsor today is our friends over at Sling TV. This episode of Locked On Cougars is brought to you by Sling TV. Sling has something for everyone, especially when it comes to the college football coverage across the country, with a massive lineup of games across all the major conferences. You can always catch the games you want on Sling, and I want you guys to check it out now. Sling TV, uh, go see that massive lineup of the games they have all season long, especially with Championship Week here. The TV you love for a price you'll love. Try Sling today. All right, please now to welcome in BYU team captain and All-American Clark Barrington, and joining us all season long. Clark, how are you, sir? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. Absolutely, it's always good to catch up with you. Uh, obviously, the regular season is in the books now. You guys went out to Stanford, went out to the farm, and got your first win over the Stanford Cardinal. I guess we'll start with kind of a general overview. Uh, can you give me your overall takeaways from the victory?
1: Um, you know, it was just it was just another another uh, opportunity to play with all all the guys, and 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 I think we we made the most of it, and it it, it was a fun game um you know being able to to run the ball like we did and and do all those things it it was just fun to be out there again on the field so
0: I was going to ask you about that you guys started the season against USF you guys ran I believe for 312 yards and then in this game a season high 358 yards rushing uh you as an offensive lineman and your fellow compatriots along the offensive front had to feel pretty good about that
1: yeah for sure um I don't know, it was just it was fun being able to do kind of whatever we wanted to do and and run the ball on and and it was fun to see the backs bust through bust through the line and uh, and just keep going and so it, it was it was a fun game for sure
0: now, obviously, uh, when you guys run, you're that dominant in the run game. Typically, you guys are going to win a football game. That 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 just those two things kind of coincide with one another. Going in, did you guys anticipate running fifty times for three hundred and fifty eight yards? What, what was the game plan going in?
1: Yeah, honestly, I, I don't think we. <laughs> planned on running it that much, because I think we only, what, 11 pass attempts or something like 12, that? And 12 pass attempts, yep. 12 pass attempts, and so definitely probably was, wasn't the plan to have it weighted that way, but, uh, you know, I think we, once you see something work, you know, you just keep calling it until it doesn't, so that's that's what we did.
0: Was there something in particular with regards to what Stanford was doing defensively that gave you guys that confidence, or did you guys just say, you know what, screw it, it's the final game of the season, let's go put it all out, out on a all out on the line?
1: Um, I think maybe it was a little bit of both, um, you know, the last game. So, you know, let's just go go out there, do everything we can to, to you know, get the win and, and do the best we can. And then also, you know, just just seeing their defense. Um, you know, they, they were down a couple guys. Um, and then you, you just see, you know, watching film, you know, how they – how they defend it and, and how they run with the plays and how they stretch and whatnot and we knew, we knew we could get get them moving side to side and and then let the back do the rest and so you know that's what we tried to do.
0: Now, obviously, Stanford is an elite academic institution. There's a lot of people who say that like if you get an offer from Stanford, you're insane for passing passing on it. I uh, use a use a guy who's you've played. What are you in your fifth year now of college football or fourth? Or what, what are we at now? Yeah. Fifth. Okay, so you're, um, on, yeah, okay. yeah, I think fifth. But regardless, yeah. COVID yeah. screwed everything up. Let's be let's be right. real. On that. Yeah. <laughs> but Stanford's an elite academic institution, like I said. But when you guys hear in the recruiting process about Stanford as a, as an athlete, does that academic component have a big pull? I, I don't even know if you were recruited by Stanford at all. But if you were, would that have uh, really made you like say, man, I need to go to Stanford just simply for the academic side of things?
1: Um, I don't think so. Okay. <laughs> I I don't want hard I, I don't want school to be hard anyway, so uh I think I, I might have taken a
0: pass on that Says the guy who's doing construction management, which typically is a five year <laughs> program at BYU, but hey, nonetheless <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Uh, So, okay. When Stanford obviously and David Shaw shocked the college football world after that game, he gets up to the podium and says, "Oh, um, so I'm stepping down," And, and everyone's like, "Oh." Okay, and that's the second straight season in the in the regular season finale because after the USC game last year, if you recall, uh, uh, USC made made a coaching change as well. So when it comes to stuff like that, you see other programs go into flux with coaching changes. We're going to get to the BYU coaching changes here in a minute. Does that affect you guys at all? Do you even give it a second thought?
1: Um, Not really. Okay.
0: I don't think so. Fair enough. I don't think I really think about it a whole lot. All right. So now you guys are seven and five. You capped off the season with three straight wins to get to clinch that winning season. How important was that to be a seven and five, maybe versus six and six entering bowl season?
1: Yeah, I think um, you know, it just sounds a lot better. Um, you know, when you say it out loud being seven and five versus six and six. And so I think that was that was kind of a big Big reason as to why, you know, we, we just tried to play our best. And then also, you know, just the love, the love that we have for for the guys we play with. Um, and I think that just continues to drive drive us and continue to make us want to play the best we can, so...
0: Now, you guys obviously did not probably live up to the expectations you guys had going into this season, uh, the season, the four-game slide in October, et cetera. But uh, do you feel like this program right now is on an upswing in terms of you guys going into bowl season with some momentum as compared to maybe a season ago when it seemed like you guys were a bit, a, a bit on the downside, if that makes sense, going into bowl season?
1: Yeah, I, I would say so. Um, you know, I think our focus is in – a better place than it was last year, going into the bowl game, um, and and just wanting to do it for for the guy next to us, and 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 wanting to finish strong, um, you know, for for our brothers. And so, I think that's that's kind of the different mindset this year.
0: Let's talk a little bit more about that. Like I said, we'll also talk about the coaching changes that are going on at BYU. We'll get into all that here in a moment. First, a word on our friends over at Bet Online. They are your number one source for all of your sports betting information, stats, <clears throat> news, and analysis. It's a fantastic way if you guys are interested in uh, getting in on the betting world, you can do it with our friends at Bet Online. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there from football to basketball to soccer to esports. They've got it all at Bet Online. And if you love sports podcasts like this one, you'll probably find find those at Bet Online as well. They're the fastest and the easiest way to get your betting fixed whether it's live betting, futures odds or week to week with regards to the spreads. Give them a shot. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more now. That's Bet Online where the game starts. Continuing on now with Clark Barrington, but a quick reminder for you guys to make sure you check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast. It gets you up to speed, essentially, on everything going on in the sports world. Think of it as your morning download. If you were to go to ESPN.com, Sports.com, those those sports websites that have all the news, instead of having to read about it, you can listen to it. 25 minutes or less, Peter Bukowski gets you up to speed on everything going on when it comes to all the big sports news out there. Get it free and available on this platform, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Clark. Last season, uh, the Independence Bowl, uh, you and I feel like every one of your teammates that I talked to throughout the offseason leading into this season – talked about the fact of what you just said that you guys, there's a different feeling right now versus what you guys had a year ago going into bowl season. Many coaches and players said that your guys' flat performance in that bowl game a year ago inspired you guys to work hard this offseason because it just kind of left a bitter taste in your mouth. Are you guys still kind of hearkening back to that that feeling you had after losing to UAB now as you await your bowl destination and, and whoever you're going to play? Yeah, for sure.
1: you um, no, Past couple days, um, we've we kind of sat down, you know, as a as players, and and kind of just you know s- s- spoke our mind, um, and kind of told each other, hey man, we need we need to do better, and we need to to not let what happened last year happen again this year. And so, you know, I think we're just grateful for the opportunity to play another game, um, and and we're going to take this opportunity and and do the best we can with it. So.
0: Now you talk about the fact that you guys feel like you need to do better than a year ago. Was there a particular reason or reasons you feel like that led to you guys uh, falling flat in that game? Was it just the, the the being at at the Independence Bowl? Like it was just kind of a, it's a downgraded bowl in a way. What, what what were the reasons for that flat performance in your mind?
1: Yeah, I think it was just the mindset. You know, it's kind of just what you said. Um, I think a lot of guys. Um, Thought that we should have been somewhere better. Mm-hmm. Um, and then our mindset just going into the whole thing uh, was super negative. And so I think just just changing that mindset and, and staying positive and, and remembering the reasons as to why we're going in to play this game, um, that will help us do well, so.
0: Now, obviously, this week, some news uh, coming out that Elisa Tuiaki announcing he's stepping down as BYU's defensive coordinator. I know you're a guy who plays on the offensive side of the football, but Coach Tuiaki's been at BYU as long as you have been there. Uh, what will you remember about Coach Tuiaki as he as he leaves the program now?
1: Um, you know, he's just a good dude. Um, friendly guy always always say what's up to you and when he when he passes you and and make sure that you know you feel like like you're noticed and 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 he, he knows knows you individually and um you know he's just a great guy and and he'll be missed for sure so
0: now, obviously, uh, he leaves a pretty large hole in the coaching staff because defensive coordinators, they they work with these other position coaches on the defensive side of the football, and that obviously, with the new D.C. coming in, that's going to lead to a lot of guys being in flux, whether they're going to be retained, whether they're going to have to pursue new opportunities. But you're no stranger to this. You had Jeff Grimes really? leave for Baylor. Eric Mateos left with Coach Grimes to go to Baylor. So you, you've been through the coaching changes on the offensive side of the football. Uh, how do you best navigate that as a player, as you kind of await to find out who your new position coach and coordinator are going to be.
1: Yeah, it's it's kind of different. Um, like you said, I've been through that a little bit. Um, you know, I think it's just all about keeping an open mind um, and taking as much as you can from the old coach mm-hmm. that, that you've learned, but also keeping that open mind and taking as much as you can and, and continuing to learn with with whoever they bring in Um, and just knowing that as you gain this information, gain this experience, um, you, you will become a better player out of it. So I think honestly, that's one of the benefits of of me having a a bunch of different coaches. Mm -hmm. I've been able to learn, you know, every one of them has their own strengths or whatnot. and, And so I've been able to learn parts and pieces of the game from, four different dudes now and so it's it's been cool just to be able to piece all that together like a puzzle and and see what what comes of it so
0: now you talk about the fact that you, you've had these different coaches. If so I'm not mistaken, you came in in the 2018 season. Along, did you come yeah, in I mean, with well, Pugh? Yeah, with Coach Pugh. Coach Grimes had just come in as the offensive coordinator. Uh, Coach Roderick. Yeah. That whole offensive staff was brand new. So you didn't know the old offensive staff, but they'd made that transition as you were coming into the program. You talk Correct. about the fact that you, you've worked with these different coaches. How 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 was that coming in and essentially you as a freshman? You're coming in with a brand new staff, so you, you don't know anything different, but how was that overall? Yeah, it was it was
1: different. Um, you know, I was always talking with – because Mike Empey was the coach before that, and, and he was the one that recruited me a whole lot, and he was the one that was there when I signed. And, and then on the mission, you know, he'd send a couple emails here and there and just check in and, and all that stuff. And then I think it kind of helps, you know, having Campbell being recruited and stuff – and and still here at home and so he knew pew and they had talked and and my family had got to know him and so there was kind of a relationship already started there without me really being part of any of it and so it, i feel like it, it wasn't too bad of a transition it was easy to, to build that relationship with him and then you know continue onward so
0: now you've worked with Coach Pugh. Coach uh, Grimes was a uh, he was an offensive line coach. He, that's what he was before right. he became a yeah. coordinator. So you worked with him extensively. You worked with Coach Mateos. Uh, I, I, I've told that story about the one of the first times I would sat with Mateos. We were sitting on a bench out there at the student athlete building, and he points at you and he's like, "Hey, that number fifty six Barrington, he's gonna be a he's gonna be a four year starter for me." And I'm like. Oh, okay. And his prediction held pretty true. I he's, he nailed it. And then most recently you've been working with Coach Funk. You talk about the fact that essentially it's kind of a puzzle. You take pieces you learn from Coach Pew, from Coach uh, Grimes, Mateos, and now Coach Funk. In terms of I guess uploading all that information into your brain, but then at the same time deciding which which pieces you're gonna hold on to, how how do you go about that?
1: Um, you know, I think it's it's been pretty Um, especially because we've, we've kept the same scheme throughout all those years, you know what I mean? So there were scheme changes and whatnot. I'm sure, I'm sure there's things I'd have to ditch here and there, but, um, you know, a lot of it, a lot of it's the same, um, maybe new terminology here and there or whatnot. Um, you know, but, but with sticking with the same, you know, structure of offense and all that, it's, it's, it's been a pretty smooth transition throughout, so.
0: Well, I, I guess that makes sense considering you guys still run the zone running concepts the right. passing game stuff's kind of stayed with the continuity, as you mentioned that, that, that would make a lot of sense. Now, other changes inside the program include a new to and Justin McClure uh, being let go They're They're the, 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 tandem that essentially led all of your strength and conditioning for the time you've been at BYU. Uh, what is your relationship like with coach to and coach McClure overall?
1: Yeah. Um, you know, they're, they're both great dudes again. Um, you know, and they they expect the best out of you day in day out, and and you know they're kind of the hard nosed, um, old school guys, um, and and they're not going to take, you know, I- excuses or whatnot or, or things that you know, they're not going to allow you to be allow you to be soft, and so I think that's what um, you know I I liked about them the most. Um, so they pushed me to be great, and and they pushed all of us to to just be better every day
0: so now they uh, I-, I talked about this on yesterday's podcast the-, the strength and conditioning coaches maybe are as critical a hire for a head coach when they come into a program as any coordinator position coach recruiting coordinator because they have the most contact with you athletes you student athletes Th- even the head coach cannot talk to you guys as much as these strength and conditioning coaches can you speak to how important it is to have those guys with you
1: yeah, for sure. Um, no, I think it's exactly what you said. Um, you know, they're probably the ones that we spend the most time with day in and day out. Um, and and they're just great opportunities to have conversations with them, talk to them just about life or whatnot, and uh, after you're lifting her, or, or, you know, just, just, I don't know, they're just great dudes. And so um, I think it's it's very important to to get um, good dudes in, in place there, so.
0: Yeah, I see. That's the funny thing about it. So uh, I don't know if you have saw the news, but Cincinnati head coach Luke Fickle just took the job at Wisconsin, and. If I'm not mistaken, it was either the first or second hire that was officially announced by him after taking the Wisconsin job was him taking his strength and conditioning coach from Cincinnati and hiring him in Madison. Like These guys, I know that they don't necessarily, they're not on the field, they're not guys that you see every single uh, day out there as a fan or a media member, but they, they really do set the tone, it feels like, in many ways for what the program's going to be like, right? For sure, yep. I think
1: I think a lot of the time, you know, the, the things on notice the things that people don't see. That's that's where we spend most of our time, and so I think it's super important.
0: Now, uh, when it comes to strength and conditioning, there are a lot of BYU fans who will say that well, you you need to do this, you need to do that. It's more. It seems it's more complicated than that because you guys now have your. Uh, you also have uh, your. What do they call them? The um, what's uh, Coach Maine doing? Is he is he doing sports science? Yeah, sports science, and they have an outsized role as well as as because they, right. yeah. they they weigh in on okay how much exertion are you guys putting on out there on a day to day basis versus how much work you need to put in in the weight room with the strength and conditioning coaches. You guys have a really really I think unique uh, staff there that they're they're trying to i guess get get peak optimal uh, peak optimized optimal i guess optimal same way peak optimal performance from you athletes and it seems like they work very much hand in hand to make sure you guys are operating at peak efficiency
1: yeah for sure yeah they're, they're doing a good job of bringing guys in and, and just trying to get input from from all all sections and 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 then just trying to take that input and
0: make the best decisions with it so now, let's be real. Uh, Coach Maine might have th- uh, the only mustache that rivals yours on staff, it feels <laughs> like, though. For sure. No, his, his is great. <laughs> <laughs> and if he has not seen it, I know it's been tweeted out a couple of times. He's been caught on camera in some games, and pictures were tweeted out of it because he's got, like, the whole rolly fingers. Should, yeah, nice and curled on, a, on the sides. Are we going to see Clark Barrington do that at some point? Like, No, nah, I don't think so. <laughs> 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 takes a little too much work. okay. Uh, this is this is I, I didn't uh, I didn't anticipate asking this question. There's a lot of guys when they finish playing at BYU and you're still going through the process of making your decision. We'll talk about that when you do make that ultimate decision what about your future. But a lot of guys, right. when they do uh, go on to pursue the professional ranks, they grow that beard out. Is Clark Barrington going to be sporting a mountain man beard when we see him once he does leave the BYU football program?
1: Absolutely. Um, <laughs> that, that, is, that is the first thing I'll start doing when I'm done here. So
0: Okay. Fair enough, I can I can dig that. And the funny thing about it, there are guys you wouldn't necessarily expect to do it that all of a sudden they show up like pro day like two or three months later and they have just let it go. It's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you, you can count me in on that one for sure. All right, very cool. Well, all right, we'll talk about the holiday season, how you guys handle this with with bowl prep, finals. We'll, we'll talk more about that here in a moment. But, Clark, you know how we do this. We talk about Nissan every single week. Our partners at Nissan uh, bring every week the thrilling moment in college football is brought to you by our friends at Nissan. The thrilling designs behind the new lineup from Nissan are intended to empower drivers in vehicles and vehicles as capable as the drivers themselves when... I and Clark uh, think of unbelievable abilities on the field this week for BYU's thrilling moment. It has to be. The floor is yours, Clark. Yeah, I'm going to give it to Isaac, Isaac Rex. Okay. Down the sideline
1: with his, his little he- hezy move he had there. <laughs> Not the prettiest, but he got the job
0: done. <laughs> okay. But oh, man. Let's be real. Isaac has battled through a lot this year. He's no oh, absolutely. He's nowhere near... 100% I don't feel like, and no. I, I'm not going to ask you to, to, to elaborate on that, but he has battled through multiple surgeries on that ankle to get back onto the field this year. He very easily could be sitting out, it feels like.
1: For sure. No, yeah, he he, he comes to work every day with with what he can do, and and you can just tell, you know, that it's been a grind for him, and, and I'm sure this, this off offseason and, and continuing to get healthy will be, will be great for him and and he'll come back an even better player next year. But, uh, you know, for sure he's, he's, he's putting in all the effort and, and given us
0: all every play so we let, appreciate him. And let, let's be real. He he can say that Hezy move. He's like, "Hey, if I was 100% healthy, you know it would have worked better." Come on now, guys. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Now we we've given him his fair share of, of crap so it's, it's been fun. Well, he had the two touchdowns It's good to see him have that performance obviously a year to the day after he, he injured that ankle, but I'm also yeah. gonna, I'm going to give an honorable mention cuz I thought Isaac was a very easy choice. I I am going to give an honorable mention to the two running backs that led you guys in that oh, game. For Chris sure is Brooks. And Hinkley Ropati they they were absolutely masterful and I guess that's the tip of the cap to you guys as well as on the offensive line
1: yeah for sure no they had they had a great game um and and they both rushed for I think Hinkley was close to 100 and then um Chris, Chris was
0: 150 something or something like that yeah he had a career high if I'm not mistaken at least his, his high at BYU for sure so really yeah
1: yeah so they they both played well and and you know, it was fun watching them run around, so it was a good
0: time. So there you go. That This segment has been inspired by the thrilling new designs featured across Nissan's new lineup of vehicles. Pursue what thrills you in the all-new Frontier, Armada, or Pathfinder today. It's available now at NissanUSA.com. Thank you once again for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day. Continuing on here with Clark Barrington. And Clark, I, obviously you guys are still in flux. You're still awaiting your bold destination and the opponent. Uh, you guys had a couple of days off this week to I, I get back to school work, work on uh, your bodies essentially because the season of – as, as regular season's come to a close, uh, how do you guys handle this time uh, with the downtime between the regular season where it's a week-to-week thing, really, and now you've got at least a couple of weeks, it feels like, until the bowl season?
1: Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a different thing for sure. Um, you know, just like you said, you know, just focusing on, on getting our bodies right, and then, you know, they've given us some time um, to focus on schoolwork and, and try to finalize everything we can there. Um, so that we can focus on football and when time gets closer um, to the bowl game, and um, you know I think it, we're, we're going to start practicing again tomorrow, mm-hmm. and you know just keep keep us you know in good shape and and, and rolling on all cylinders and and um, and then you know we'll we'll see <laughs> hopefully by the end of this week who where we're going who we're playing and and we'll go from there so.
0: Now, you talk about practicing, and like I said, without an opponent, you guys are just kind of going out there and, and just, keep, like you said, keeping yourselves in shape. But at this time of year, you guys have ground your way through 13, 14 weeks of football. So really, what what does practice entail?
1: Yeah, I think I think it's just it, it's kind of crazy how fast, um, you know, you can kind of lose it, um, especially on the offensive side of the ball. Um, you know, when there's 11 people needing to work together, know, it, it doing the right thing exactly when you need to do it. And so I think just going going through, you know, the fundamentals, mm-hmm. um, running those plays that, that we always run, but we need to continue to run to, to just keep it, um, you know, a fine old machine. And so I think, you know, just doing, doing those small and simple things um, and just continually trying to
0: get better as, as the season continues. Keeping the timing of all that, obviously, because w- exactly w- with, yep. with your guys' zone running concepts and everything, like you guys as the offensive line, you got to w- essentially work in lockstep. I know that's that's a that's a cliche term, but it really with you guys, you all move one way, and you guys have to time that almost perfectly. It feels like, yeah, uh, for sure. <laughs> all right, so now uh, as you look towards the bowl season, obviously the, the end of the school. Term the the semester is coming. Uh, are you excited to officially be done with the semester? And I, I I believe you are close to graduating. If you're not, if I'm not mistaken.
1: Yeah, this is this is it for me. So I am beyond excited. <laughs> the light is at the end of the tunnel for
0: Clark Farrington.
1: Yeah, yeah, it couldn't come soon enough. So yeah, I'm I'm ready to be be done with you know the construction major, and you know as great as it is, um, it's been long and. A lot of hard work, so it's it's nice to see you know the light there at the end of the tunnel. So
0: now, uh, when you do finish up, let's just say uh, hypothetically, if if you were to come back next year, you have, you have another year of eligibility if you want to utilize it. Uh, if you were to come back next year, you've already graduated. Uh, would you be like taking like bowling? Like what? What? What's your course load gonna look like?
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm not really sure. I, I think it's like I think they call it like post back or something like that. And okay. I think you only have to take like six. Six credits or something like that and also two classes it has to be a little bit more meaningful than bowling but not a whole lot so <laughs> it would be it would be a lot easier than the load load
0: I'm used to so okay very cool well hey we'll we'll kind of wait and see like I said uh, we're still yeah. you still are working your way through that uh do you feel like you have a like a date that you will have made your decision on on your future at some point
1: um I think it'll probably be.
0: After the bowl game. Okay. So. Well, very cool. Well, Clark, I uh, appreciate you as always for taking the time. Uh, we'll, we'll keep bothering you. We'll keep having you on uh, as we get closer to this bowl game. Once we know the bullet point and that type of stuff and lead up to that game, we'll have you back on to talk about that. And obviously we wish you well, uh, finishing up school. The light is there at the end of the tunnel. We'll be we three weeks out. You know, How close are we to the end of the semester?
1: Uh, I think it's
0: two more weeks after this week. So, all right, well, finish strong yep. obviously yep, yep. Get, get get that paper quite literally in your hands finish that up and, and, <laughs> exactly and we will talk to you again soon thanks as always sounds good thank you all right, there you go. That's Clark Barrington. A big thank you to him for taking the time, as always. A big thank you to you also for tuning in via uh, YouTube, wherever you get your podcast, all of that jazz. Thank you for making us your first listen of the day. Coming up on tomorrow's show, we'll react to whatever news might be filtering out of BYU in terms of coaching changes potentially. Basketball also in action. Uh, their Salt Lake Week continues up there at Vivint Arena. We'll have it all covered for you. Make sure you make your second listen now. Our friends over the Locked On Big 12 podcast, get that free and available wherever you get your podcasts. For Clark, I'm Jake. Have a great rest of your day. This has been the Locked On Cougars Podcast. See ya.